Welcome to the Word Made Plain with Senior Pastor Tony Clark of Calvary Chapel, Newport News in Virginia. Currently, Pastor Tony is teaching through the book of Joshua. Please open your Bible to Joshua chapter 3. Verse 7, God says to uh, Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel. God will do this in the eyes of our families, friends, and co-workers. When we truly follow the Lord, the Lord will exalt us in the eyes of the people around us. Many people say, and maybe you're here today, and you've said it yourself. Many people have said, don't put me on a pedestal. Too late. God wants to use his children as examples to follow. This is why Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 3, verse 13, for those who have served well as deacons or pastors or leaders, obtain for themselves, watch this, a good standing and great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. The Greek word for standing is bathmos. Which, which describes the steps or platform used to reward the winners of athletic events. Uh, we see these various steps used in the Olympics to award the gold, silver, and bronze medal winner, uh, medal winners. So no matter whether you want to be there or not, when we serve well, First Timothy 3 verse 13 says, God will see that the people put us on a pedestal. I know many of you don't like that. I don't care. This is what the word says. Oh, you may not be put up on the gold pedestal with church leaders and pastors and things like that. Oh, you may be put on the silver level. Maybe you're serving in the church somewhere. You're on that pedestal. Oh, but all believers on the bronze pedestal. This is why when a leader or a Christian depend upon your, uh, how high God has elevated you, this is why when a Christian leader fall, uh, 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 sins is called a fall. Because we are on a platform. We're on an, an elevated platform. A bathmos, a, a, a different levels of standings and pedestals and steps. God has placed us there. So see, we, you have to understand it. And so God tells Joshua, I will exalt you in the eyes of the people so that they can know that I am with you just like I was with Moses. So as we can see that the exalting, watch this, is something God does, not something we do to ourselves. Because Jesus will later say in Matthew 23, verse 12, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And then uh, in Luke 14, verse 8, uh, Jesus said again, if someone invites you to some banquet, said try to take the lower seat. Don't try to take that elevated seat lest someone more honorable come and then you get put lower in the presence of everybody. Said, don't be trying to elevate yourself. 
Don't be trying to promote yourself. See, that's the thing today. You got to promote yourself. See, you got, you know, when you get that resume, you just got to, you got, you got, you got to sell yourself. See, you got, that's what the world, you got to sell yourself. You got to sell yourself to that company. You got to sell yourself and you got to let them know. So, oh, if you got to exaggerate, you know, the truth, you know, a little bit. Hey, you can, hey, you got to sell yourself. Don't just tell them you are a garbage man. Tell them you are a sanitation engineer. That sounds more prestigious, you know. So you got to, no, no. You just be truthful. Be truthful and allow the Lord to exalt you. Look what it says in verse verse 8. It says, you shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. Now, notice, I want you to notice something. Notice that Joshua is getting these orders as he woke up early in the morning. God is speaking to him. God is telling him what to do during the day. This is why this is so important. He's telling them, giving them instructions on how they're to approach because the, 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 there was a separation between where they were in the Acadia Grove and there's the Jordan River and then the promised land. So, you know, were they to try to go around? Were they to, no, God's given them instruction. He got those instructions as verse one says, then Joshua rose early in the morning. So we see this here. So. The Lord tells Joshua to command the priest to take the Ark of the Covenant and stand in the Jordan River. Now, historically, the Jordan River was normally uh, maybe 100 feet wide. Uh, but during the fall, it could be as wide as a mile wide and 686 feet deep. It is believed that this event took place in the fall. So this was a serious river they were crossing. The priests were instructed to get in the water at the very edge. So they probably got in to their ankles. Now, this took faith. The question is, can you trust God to get in the water? What is God asking you to step out and do? What is the Jordan River in your life? Serving in ministry, starting your own business, leaving your present job. I don't know what the Jordan River is for you, but you will never know what God can do until you step into your Jordan River. When we came here from California, I had no clue. Coming here from California was my Jordan River, was our Jordan River. I just know that the Lord told us to come. I'd never been on the East Coast before, never been um, past Indiana where we grew up. So coming out here, it took, it took faith. I had a little wife and three little bitty little babies. And what were we going to do for insurance? health insurance and what we're going to do for these kind of things, you know, I, I mean, it, 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 this was a Jordan river, you know, for us. I don't know what that is for you, but God is 
He has a Jordan River for you. And maybe he's been asking you to get into the ankles. And you're like, why would I do that, God? Why would I get in some water? Why would I do that? A water is unstable. A water, water is, doesn't, doesn't, it's not solid. It's not stable. It's why would I get in some water? I might slip. I might fall. I'm not getting in the water. And the Lord is waiting. Look what it says there in verses nine through 13. It says, so Joshua said to the children of Israel, come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he uh, will without uh, fail drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Hivites, and the Perizzites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. And behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that um, come down from upstream and you shall stand uh, and shall stand as a heap. Now, in these verses, we see Joshua telling the people to come near and hear the words of the Lord your God. This is critical. In other words, before you step out into your Jordan River, get confirmation from the words of the Lord your God. Don't just just fool around and just think you can just, well, you know, I heard from the Lord. Well, well, have you gotten confirmation? I don't need it. I heard. No, you do need. Because as they got instructions, uh, Joshua, he tells them, hey, you know, come here and hear the words of the Lord. So they needed confirmation, get confirmation from the words of the Lord. In God's word, he will give us instructions on how to step in our Jordan River. And, and what to do next. Whether we to step in barefooted or with our shoes on. Some sandals. Or how are we to step in this Jordan River? The word of God gives us the instructions on how we to do it and what to do next. Joshua in verse 10 confirms that God will uh, uh, will without fail drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, and all the other ites that's mentioned in that verse. In verse 11, Joshua tells them that God is crossing over with them. You remember the Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God. God is crossing over with them. Then they were instructed in verse 12 to take 12 men, one from each tribe. Then God tells them in verse 13 what will happen when the priests step into the water. The Jordan River will be divided like the Red Sea. This is how the Lord works. The priests didn't know that the Jordan River will be uh, would be divided when they stepped in. They didn't know that. They were just told, they just saw, yeah, I'm just going to cross in. Stop I mean, step into the Jordan River. They didn't know it was going to be divided. They were uh, just told to go and get in the water at the edge. Once they took a step of faith and walked into the water, then it was divided. And so too, we see this in the book of Acts. God never gives us step two until we have obeyed step one. God told Philip in Acts 8 
in verse 26 to go to the desert. That was step one. God didn't say, okay, Philip, this is what I need you to do. I need you to go to the desert. You're going to see a caravan. It's the Ethiopian eunuch, by the way. And I want you to go and get close to the caravan. And when you go get close to the caravan, you're going to hear him reading the book of Isaiah. He's not going to know what he's reading. So you're going to explain it to him and lead him to Christ. The Lord didn't do that. He just said, go to the desert. Now, keep in mind, Philip was in the midst of a revival in Samaria. And God spoke to him in the midst of the revival and said, go to the desert. Now, I'm sure he's probably, okay, now what am I to do? No, just go to the desert. And once he obeyed step one, God told him in Acts 8.27 to go and overtake the chariot with the Ethiopian eunuch, and he ended up leading him to Christ. Oh, the same is true for us. God will not give us step two until we are willing to step into our Jordan River, which is step one. Many of you, I know how you're wired. I know how you're wired. Many of you, <laughs> you want the five-year plan from God. You want it laid out to you with all the bells and whistles and the details. And I know how you are. This is why many of you have stayed in the military as long as you did, because you, you, you like, you like that, that plan, that structure, that this, that, that, you know, on, on the, it used to be when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, the 15th and the 30th was payday. Then it's the first and the 15th. I don't have no clue what it is today. When they switched up, they cheated us out of a paycheck, but that was now that's, I'm still hot 30 years later over that. So, <laughs> so you want the five year plan. You want it planned out for you. That's why trusting God, taking steps of faith is hard for you. It's hard for you because you like you like for the details to be given. God doesn't give us details. He just say, obey step one. And then once you obey and I see you obey step one, then I will give you step two. This is why Hebrews 11 verse six says it is impossible to please God without faith. Can you trust that your Jordan River will open for you when you step in the water? Or do you want God to just do it all? As you walk up to the Jordan River, it just parts for you. You didn't even step in. It just parts for you. And you just go through. It's not, you're going to have a tough time in your walk. Your walk with God, you're going to struggle. Because that's not how God works. He will not give us step two until we obey step one. Look at verses 14 through 17. It says, so it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water for the Jordan uh, overflows all its banks during the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zeratan. And so the waters that went down into the sea at uh, Arabah, the salt sea filled and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all of Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. 
Now, in these verses, we see the people leave their camp in verse 14 and head towards the Jordan River, following those who carried the ark. And as the priests step, uh, as they step into the river in verse 15, it was overflowing its banks because it was during the time of harvest or it was the fall that the river became a wall on either side, all the way upstream, some 19 to 21 miles upstream, like verse 16 says, showing that God is doing a work far beyond what we can see. He is doing things upstream that we cannot see far away, like the end of verse 16 says. This is why we need to give God space to work. Because, see, God is doing some things upstream. We are only thinking about the here and now, the right now. God is thinking upstream that he has to block and and cause some things to be stopped upstream that we don't even see in order to make make our Jordan River part. He has to do some stuff upstream. This is why we got to give God room to work room and space to move. This is why God tells us to trust him because he can see far away upstream in our lives and we need to trust him. Then God says in verse 17 that the priest stood still in the Jordan River until three million Israelites crossed over on dry ground. And this is what leaders do. They go first and they will wait until every person has crossed over. So sometimes you're the first one to step in and the last one to cross over. Just like the Marine Corps taught me, we leave no one behind. This is what leaders do. We don't leave family members behind spiritually. We become a, a spiritual theologian and, and, and our families are atheists and agnostic. No, no. We leave no one behind. We don't leave children behind either. Parents fooling around. Your kids run your house. We don't leave kids behind. All of a sudden, they want to do homework on Wednesdays. They don't want to do homework the rest of the year. But on Wednesdays, (laughs) they get A's and B's on Wednesday's homework. That's getting them to pass to the next grade. And you falling into that. Boy, it seems like every, you always bring a good report on Thursdays. I bet. We leave no one behind. The Bible says we are heirs together of the grace of life in 1 Peter 3, 7. And we see the priests practicing this principle. They didn't leave anyone behind. The priests were not like, hey, you know, when we stepped in, the, 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 the Jordan River parted. So, hey, Dudes, let's get on across this thing here. No, no. They stood there until three million people crossed over. Let me conclude with this. We looked at the subject of step, stepping in the water. God would not give us step two until we have obeyed step one. I believe that God is waiting on some of you to step in your Jordan River that you've been afraid to step in. Before you do, get confirmation from the word of God, like verse 9 taught us. When God confirms what your Jordan River is, then step into the edge and you will see God do the miraculous. 
and you too will walk across your Jordan River on dry ground. But number one, you got to know what your Jordan River is. And then by faith, you have to step in. It reminds me a little bit of, of Peter. As they were in the midst of the storm, Jesus comes walking on the water. And Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come on out. Lord said, okay, come on. And he steps out and walks on the water a little bit. And then it says when he saw that the winds were boisterous, because it was a storm. Remember, it was a storm. When he saw that, he looked around. He said, oh, my goodness, what am I doing out here fooling around on the water? And he started to sink. And he prayed the shortest prayer, Lord, save me. <laughs> the Lord reached down there and pulled old Peter up, put him back in the boat. He said, why did you doubt? I, I don't know about you, but if I was Peter, I would have been like, did you see what I was doing? I was walking on the water. Humans don't do that. And he doubted. He took his eyes off of Jesus. The scripture doesn't say that, but it's implied. If you look into Jesus and all of a sudden it says when he saw the winds, he had to take his eyes off of Jesus to see the winds. I wonder if you've taken your eyes off of Jesus and you're looking at the storm in your life. And you wonder why you're sinking in depression and despair. And wonder why you're sinking under whatever it is you're sinking under because you've taken your eyes off of the Lord. This is why the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. When we take our eyes off the Lord, we will sink in depression, despair. We're despair of life. We will just see the worst side of everything. When we look to Jesus, there's hope. There's, there's with him, all things are possible because we're looking to the one through whom all things are possible. And there are so many people, believers, people who have committed their lives to Jesus Christ and they're, in, they, they, they have sunk under depression and despair because they've taken their eyes off of Jesus. The Lord knows who you are. He still loves you. And that's why all you have to do is just say, Lord, save me. He reached down like he did Peter and he snatched your own back up. He's not going to let you, you know, me, I, I would have let you gulp a couple of <laughs> gulp a couple of gallons Water. I teach you to take your eyes off of me. Don't, you know, you bloat it. I, I, I didn't, you know, then you would have came up. Okay. And then I'd have pulled you back up and said, okay, you had, you had enough. You had enough. But they, you know, the, the Lord isn't like that. You just thankful the Lord isn't like that. And we're thankful. We're thankful. But he loves you. He has a Jordan River he wants you to cross. But he won't give you the instructions until you take that step. Some of you need to practice getting up early in the morning and hearing the, so God can give you the tongue of the learn. So you may know how to speak. He awakens us so we can 
hear his voice. He wakes us up in the middle of the night because we're so busy during the day. It's not time to go get a sandwich. <laughs> and, and, and some warm milk and turn on some rerun. That's not what it's time to do. That's not what the time is. It's time to talk to the Lord and hear from him. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time you've given us. Thank you for your word that is so good to us. Lord, I pray for your precious people here. May they sense your love and your forgiveness. May they sense your peace. Lord, may they come before you and cry out to you. Those who have taken their eyes off of you. Lord, there are those who need strength in getting up early in the morning. Lord, I just pray that they will come. They will come. Come to you. You said, come unto me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and you will give us rest. May we rest in your arms. May we rest at your feet. May we rest in you, God, as your people. In Jesus' name, amen. If the Word Made Plain has been a source of inspiration and encouragement to you, why not consider becoming a Word Made Plain giving partner to keep this listener-supported program on the air? As a giving partner, you join forces with Calvary Chapel Newport News' kingdom vision of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can make your tax-deductible gift online at calvarynn.org or send your gift of any amount to 15553 Warwick Boulevard, Newport News, Virginia, 23608 and receive a gift from Calvary Chapel Newport News as our thank you. In addition to your financial support, we ask that you pray for the Word Made Plain broadcast, that it touches hearts and generates change in the lives of people around the world. We pray you've been blessed by God's Word today and hope you'll tune in next time to hear The Word Made Plain.